I'm curious, do you have a really great BS detector? You're, maybe you're often skeptical of others. Are you really street smart? Would you say you're pretty self-assured? You often find yourself being the leader in the group. Maybe you even struggle to ask for help. Do you love a good challenge? Do you fight really hard for the causes you believe in? Do you have a great sense of humor? I bet you're a blast. You might have thought that these were all parts of your personality, but they might actually be coping mechanisms you've picked up over the course of your life, and they're having a huge impact on how you show up, especially on this motherhood journey. Are you curious to know more? You got to take my personality patterns quiz. Here's what's going on. When you were a child, whenever an experience overwhelmed your nervous system, you subconsciously built a defense against that overwhelm. Over time, those defenses became a habit and then they became a pattern. And now as an adult, what we think of as our personality is often this defense pattern running the show. It's so interesting, right? There are five different personality patterns and they're not personality types like the Enneagram or the Myers-Briggs but rather they describe the safety strategies that we immediately go to when we start to feel overwhelmed. They don't describe who we are so much as what's blocking who we are. The good news is that once you take my quiz and learn about your pattern, you can learn skills to break out of that pattern, and then you can live and parent your kids as your true and authentic self. Click on the quiz link in the show notes or go to michellegrosser.com forward slash quiz now to take my two-minute personality pattern quiz. So the next time you're doubting yourself or the next time you've done or said something and you find yourself like second-guessing what you've done, stop beating yourself up about it. You can hear the doubt say, you're not qualified. You're too young. You're too old, right? No one's going to read it. No one's going to buy it. No one's going to listen to it. And you can hear all of that doubt. And instead of judging yourself for it, you take a moment, And you recognize that those thoughts are trying to protect me from something, from having my feelings hurt, from being embarrassed, from being disappointed, from feeling like a failure, like whatever it is. So instead, I would invite you to shift your perspective and find some compassion for yourselves. And friends, you know that this is going to be my swan song until the last day I work. Like the minute we start showing ourselves compassion for the things that we say and the things that we do and the things that we think, that is the moment our lives change. Because particularly with self-doubt, when we reframe what it's trying to do, we take the power back. Welcome back to the Motherhood Podcast, a live workshop-style podcast that is helping thousands of moms redefine their motherhood journey. There was a point in my life when I was trying to do all the things, parent my kids, pour into my marriage, run a busy law practice, keep up my home. And what I found was that I was on the fast track to burnout until I discovered a better way. Now I help women just like you to close the gap between their vision of motherhood and what they're actually experiencing in their day-to-day lives. Together, we'll explore when and where to simplify, systemize, and surrender. I promise you, you're already doing so much better than you think. I'm your coach, Michelle Grosser, and this is Motherhood. Welcome to the Motherhood Podcast. I'm your motherhood coach, Michelle Grosser, and I am so glad and so grateful that you're here with us today. I want to talk today about self 
doubt. And I want to talk about second guessing ourselves, not only in motherhood, but really in every area of our lives. The thing is that we all have a unique calling on our lives. Amen. And self-doubt and second guessing ourselves and imposter syndrome and all that stuff can be such a huge roadblock to us walking in our calling and our purpose. So I'm going to assume if you're listening to this episode, this is something that you've probably struggled with before. So how has self-doubt shown up for you? And I want you to take a moment right now to just pause, close your eyes if you can, and just reflect, right? Even just pause the episode if you have to and ask yourself, like, where is self-doubt showing up for me right now? Where has it shown up for me? Maybe it shows up when you set a boundary and you say no to someone or you say no to something at work or within your family or with your kids or with your friends. And you just keep wondering if it was the right thing to do. Maybe you're questioning, right? If they're mad at you, maybe it shows up when you have something on your heart to say or something to share, but that doubt and that judgment kind of creeps in and keeps you quiet. And maybe it's the opposite. Maybe it's something you said that didn't go over so well and you can't stop thinking about it and you feel like you're regretting it. Maybe it's something in your marriage that you know needs to be addressed, but you don't want to rock the boat. So you just keep ignoring it. Maybe it's a decision you made and how you're going to raise your kids or even something you did in an instant and you're really doubting if you did the right thing. Or maybe it's something you want to start. Maybe it's a dream you want to chase or a career you want to change or a side hustle you want to start or a passion project. And the narrative you're letting control the show right now is that you're not qualified, you're not talented, no one would be interested, someone else is already doing it, you don't know how, you don't have the time, like whatever that doubt is telling you. So take a moment now and I want you to really think about it. Where is self-doubt showing up for you? Go ahead and pause if you need more time. Before we really jump into the meat of this episode, this is one of the most powerful realizations you can have about self-doubt, and it's just that you're not alone. You're not alone in feeling it. It's actually one of the top challenges I hear from my clients, and a certain level of self-doubt is supernatural. It's super common. It's to be expected. So we've got to give ourselves grace for the feeling of doubt and second guessing ourselves. We have human brains and our human brains are wired to protect us. I found this stat from the Journal of General Internal Medicine, and it said that 82% of people suffer from imposter syndrome. Like, think about that. You're sitting in a room wondering, second guessing whether you deserve to be there. And eight out of the 10 people in that same room are thinking the same thing. Like friends, this is the single greatest threat to having the life that you want, the motherhood experience that you want, the career that you want, like all of it. So this isn't a personal shortcoming. You're not broken. You're not damaged. You're not doing it wrong. It's it's really a societal norm. And we all have these hopes and we all have these dreams and these visions for our lives, like every single one of us. So whether we've ever spoken them aloud or not. We all have things that we want to do. We all have things we'd love to do. People we'd love to pour into or problems that we know we could solve or encouragement or inspiration that we want to share. We have things that we want to create, right? Maybe we're artists or we're going to write a book and it's human nature for us to want to make an impact and create a legacy. 
And we know deep down, or at least we have an idea of what it's going to take for us to get there. We have this intuition on what we'll need to do. But what do we typically do, right? Well, first, we may not even be really aware of that self-doubt. Self-doubt is often an automatic response that we don't consciously choose. So it's unlikely that any of us ever wakes up and is like, I'm going to doubt every decision I make today, right? Today, I'm going to doubt all of my talents and all of my skills. Today, I'm going to doubt everything I do as a parent. Like, no, that's not how it works. And the other likely scenario is that we're so deep in a pattern of self-doubt and second guessing that the minute that self-doubt starts creeping in, our nervous system just takes over. It hijacks our bodies and then we kind of just bat away the self-doubt and then we go ahead and keep doing the things that we're comfortable doing and not doing the things that scare us because our subconscious is wired to protect us. That's its number one job, friends. It's our, our brain is not wired to help us reach our highest potential, right? Our nervous system isn't wired to help us feel fulfilled and like we're walking in alignment with our calling and our purpose. Like its job is so primitive. Its job is just to keep us alive. So anytime our, that nervous system faces something new, it's wired to associate that with bad, with danger, with wrong. Like it's an alert, it's an alert system. So friends, that's your brain working normally. That's your brain working like it's designed to work. That's your brain doing what it's supposed to do at its most basic level. So the nor- normal and it's, and it's the expected neurological response to anything new or challenging. So it does what it can to move us toward what feels safe. But what does that do? That reinforces us staying in our comfort zone and no growth happens there, right? It's comfortable, but we can't chase our dreams in our comfort zone. We can only grow so much there. So to a certain extent, our brains really are just doing their job. It's simply a matter of noticing, like, what is my brain doing? And then moving that self-doubt from the driver's seat into the passenger seat or learning how to kick it out of the car altogether so it's not driving our decisions and our actions and our thoughts and our motivations and all of it. And then I think another reason we say we, we face self-doubt or we face Um, This second guessing of ourselves is because of some life experience that we've had. It's something that happened to us, something that happened to us that our nervous system remembers, something maybe that we said or did in the past or something someone else said or did in our past that we experienced. And that memory and that pain are so embedded into our nervous system that our body is just doing what it can to prevent us from feeling that way again. It's another sort of protective mechanism. So our mind holds us back and it keeps us second guessing and it keeps us quiet for fear that we're going to upset someone or embarrass ourselves, or there's going to be retaliation or ridicule or whatever it is that we're fearful of. So maybe it was something that happened once and then it kept, you know, kind of popping up and and creeping in. And now the pattern of this self-doubt is just so deep that you do it without even really thinking about it. So it's piping up as this protective measure to to prevent you from being hurt again um, or embarrassed again. Our brains are just deeply wired for protection and survival. And then finally, I think another reason that self-doubt can kind of take over is if we feel uh, really disconnected from ourselves. So if we're feeling insecure or if we're feeling uh, unrooted, like we don't have deep and strong roots or if we're feeling unsure of who we are, right? Our identity, our values, 
how we want to show up as moms or as women or as friends, how we want to show up in our workspaces. Like if we're not feeling grounded and confident in those roles, then we can definitely struggle in second guessing ourselves. When we don't have those deep roots, it can feel like we're just blowing in the wind, which can lead us to struggling with a lot of self-doubt. And this shows up in struggles with self-trust too. So if we're not super trusting of ourselves, if we don't trust our own resilience, if we don't trust that we can you know, withstand whatever's going to come our way, uh, if we do set a boundary with our kids or make an important decision or say something that might uh, upset a family member or a partner, right? It's likely going to raise a lot of self-doubt. And the key for all of us is really just to figure out how to move past the self-doubt. Because if we don't, like friends, if we don't, it's going to block our goals and it's going to try to sabotage us. Self-doubt will keep us playing small and playing small is going to prevent us from reaching our goals and walking in our purpose, friends. So here's the thing, whoever it is you're comparing yourself to, you know, whatever it is you want to do, you're seeing someone else do it and you're thinking that you couldn't do it because whatever reason, right? Imposter syndrome creeps in, you're feeling unqualified or like someone else is already doing it. You don't have the time, whatever excuse is coming up. I just want you to remember that no one has the capacity when they're doing something brand new because it's new. Like when anyone does something for the first time, they have no experience. Everyone has to start somewhere. So whomever it is you're thinking about and and comparing yourself to in this season, like they were inexperienced once too. They weren't very good at it once. They didn't have all the resources once. Like they didn't have all the skills and connections at some point too. The only difference is that their self-doubt wasn't in the driver's seat. It didn't take over and it didn't keep them stagnant and they were able to move past it and move forward. So the self-doubt is going to be there. It's going to be there. The point is not to never doubt ourselves. The point and the magic is in how much control we allow that self-doubt to have. So it can be there. It can be a thought swirling up in our heads, but we don't have to let it land. Our brain can be like this air traffic control, right? And it can take an inventory of the thoughts that are kind of going on, swirling around, flying around up there, and it can decide which ones are allowed to land and which ones can't. And we can't let them all land. We don't have to let them all land but we can acknowledge they're up there without giving them space to land and to take over. And friends, like for me, I struggled with all of this big time in deciding to launch this podcast and become a coach. Like it was something God put on my heart so clearly. It was without a doubt something I knew uh, deep down that I was truly, truly called to do. I could see all the things in my life lining up to really bring me to this point, but I was so scared. Like the self-doubt was so loud. I mean, I was a lawyer for goodness sakes. Like I hadn't been to therapy since high school. I studied advertising in college. Like I had no formal psychology or coaching training, two really young kids, a husband who had left his job just a few months before. So he wasn't earning a paycheck at the time. And like friends, this was so scary. I had no idea how to create a podcast. I had no idea how to create a website. I had no idea how to start coaching moms, but I knew in my heart of hearts that this is what I'm called to do on this planet. And I knew that if I was going to walk in that calling, I was going to have to face and wrestle with this self-doubt. 
And that analogy of wrestling, it really landed for me because it kept my self-doubt separate and apart from my actual self. Like in wrestling, if you go to a wrestling match, no one wrestles themselves, right? It takes two people. So this idea, this visual for me, it just helped me to remember that the self-doubt I was experiencing, it wasn't really me. It was a part of me, but it wasn't actually me. It's a part of me that that's the enemy of progress. And the more I thought of myself as a wrestling with it and seeing it as an outsider or a separate part of myself, the more I was able to kick it out of the driver's seat. And all right, how do we do this? Like, how do we actually kick it out of the driver's seat? And I think the first step is just recognizing that this self-doubt part of ourselves, the one that we're this figurative wrestling match with, it actually has a higher intention. It's not trying to keep us from reaching our dreams. It's not trying to exhaust us by making us question every single thing we do, but rather it's really trying to do something good and helpful for us. It's it's really trying to protect us. So rather than looking at your self-doubt with so much judgment and thinking that there's something wrong with you or you're weak or you're not cut out for this because you're always second guessing yourself, like friends, I invite you and I encourage you to flip that script. So the next time you're doubting yourself or the next time you've done or said something and you find yourself like second guessing what you've done, stop beating yourself up about it. You can hear the doubt say you're not qualified. You're too young. You're too old, right? No one's going to read it. No one's going to buy it. No one's going to listen to it. And you can hear all of that doubt. And instead of judging yourself for it, you take a moment and you recognize that those thoughts are trying to protect me from something, from having my feelings hurt, from being embarrassed, from being disappointed, from feeling like a failure, like whatever it is. So instead, I would invite you to shift your perspective and find some compassion for yourselves. And friends, you know that this is going to be my swan song until the last day I work. Like the minute we start showing ourselves compassion, For the things that we say and the things that we do and the things that we think, that is the moment our lives change. Because particularly with self-doubt, when we reframe what it's trying to do, we take the power back. There's no more wrestling at that point. We take the power back. So when I'm working with my clients, you know, here's how I might teach them to shift that internal dialogue around their self-doubt. So instead of responding like the old you, which is probably something Like the self-doubt creeps in and you start letting it take control. The self-deprecation train takes off and it leaves you feeling less than or disappointed in yourself or embarrassed or feeling like you'll never do enough or feeling inequipped or like you're a bad mom or a bad wife or whatever it is. Like usually that self-doubt train takes off, leaving you feeling really judgmental about yourself. These are all judgments, right? So instead, if we learn to greet this self-doubt with compassion, instead of judgment, here's how that internal dialogue or that internal thought process might sound. Okay, I'm aware and I realize that my self-doubt is chiming in right now. This is just a part of me. It's a part of my subconscious that at some point in my life, I really needed to help protect me. That's all it's trying to do. At some point in my life, this self-doubt served a purpose. And at that time, it was the best way I had to cope. That's okay. And then you look at it with kindness and you look at it with compassion. And here's where you take the power back, friends. You tell that self-doubt, you say, hey, 
I'm in a place now where I am a grown woman and I have so many other tools to help keep me safe. So I don't need you. I don't need this self-doubt part of me to speak up so loudly anymore. I'm evolved. I'm not a child anymore. I have better coping skills. I know my identity now. I am secure. I am mature. I am wise. I can handle this situation you're trying to protect me from right now. I am so much more resilient now than when I needed you to protect me. So I acknowledge it, right? I thank it for what it's trying to do. And I tell it that I don't need it taken over anymore. And if you're really struggling with this, you could even write that self-doubt part of you that's chiming in often a letter. Write it a letter doing exactly that. Acknowledge it. Thank it. And let it know that you don't need it to protect you in that same way anymore. And friends, I don't know if this sounds too woo-woo-y or too simple or too good to be true. I had my own skeptical uh, inclinations at first, but friends, this works. I've done it over and over and I've seen my clients do it over and over. This is backed by science. It's backed by psychology, right? We all have these parts and it's huge in your healing and it's huge in moving through and past these feelings of self-doubt. So say it in your head, write that part a letter, but acknowledge it, thank it, and explain to it why you don't need it anymore. And in just that one shift, man, everything starts to change. It's a journey. Like this is a tool you can start using. And just because the awareness of the doubt being a separate part of you, like just recognizing its intention is huge. Because the thing is, I always say this, but we can't intervene in a world we can't see, Right. And this is the power, I think, in having a coach. It's because we can have someone who points out the things that sometimes we can't really see for ourselves. We all have blind spots, right? Even those of you listening who are convinced you're so self-aware, like maybe you are, but I promise you, you still have blind spots because we're always the star of our own show. So for me, coaching, having a great coach and doing consistent coaching and then doing the actual work uh, with the coaching has just been so vital in helping me to see and move through my self-doubt and one, start doing all of these things that scared the living daylights out of me at one point. And then second, really becoming more secure in the decisions and the boundaries that I created for myself and my family. So just do that. Just start to notice when the self-doubt or second guessing is creeping in. Start to recognize its voice. And if this is something you're struggling with, if self-doubt is really keeping you stuck and holding you back and you're interested in what it would look like to have a coach or have some support, reach out to me, like set up a discovery call so we can just kind of talk about what that might look like. You can send me a DM on my Instagram. It's at michellegrosser.coach. You can shoot me an email at hello at michellegrosser.com. And you can visit the coaching page on my website. It's michellegrosser.com slash coaching because awareness is key friends. It's really the first step. So just noticing when it comes up, what's triggering it and then noticing it with that lens of compassion instead of a lens of judgment, like not compassion and rolling over and letting the self-doubt take over, but rather just noticing the self-doubt and noticing it from a posture of compassion and that you're not judging yourself for it. So you notice it you name it, you acknowledge it. And then within that, you acknowledge the purpose that that self-doubt served at some point in your life. 
And that's where the magic happens because what we resist persists. So because the minute we notice and acknowledge it with compassion, we're no longer resisting it. We're no longer wrestling with it. This is when we can break free from it. When we shift our relationship with the self-doubt, that creates so much freedom. And it's not about never feeling the self-doubt, right? We talked about that at the beginning. It's not that it's just going to go away. It's that when we notice it creeping in, we respond to it with compassion and acknowledgement. We don't judge ourselves for it. And that changes the whole game. And then from that space, we can take a step back when we fall. We can try again when we don't show up how we wanted to. We can take courage more quickly. We become way more resilient. And that's the work, friends. And and I'm just so grateful to be doing it alongside you. But before we end today, I I want us all to just take a pause and just notice with everything that you've heard and learned in this episode, like what's really standing out for you today? What's landing for you? What's really resonating or hitting home? And I want you to take a moment now to let that revelation or that new little insight really settle in. Really let it settle in and ask yourself, like, what am I wanting to start practicing from this episode? And do that intentionally before you move on with your day today. Because friends, I want to remind you, you're doing so much better than you think. If you love mommy's polygraph, leave a review. If you enjoyed this episode, it would be so awesome if you could take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast. And if you have just a few more seconds to leave a quick review, they really help to get this podcast out to other moms like you. I read every last review and trust me, when it's late at night or early in the morning before my kids get up and I'm working on bringing you all of this content, your reviews are what keep me going. Leaving a review is truly the best way you can thank me. And of course, DM me on Instagram at themotherhood.podcast. I love to hear from you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Motherhood Podcast. Head over to the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at michellegrosser.com where you'll find free resources, information on how to join and participate in the Motherhood Village and more ways to connect with me. If you love the show, share it with a friend. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you next time.